Welcome to the WrestleWolf Podcast, brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Damien Gibson. And I'm Paulie T. Damien and I are nerdy wrestling neckbeards, here to give you our takes on the week that was in alternative wrestling. You can find us on Twitter at Mark Paulie T and Mr. Damien Gibson. And for all things WrestleWolf, go to WrestleWolf.com. Another huge week in pro wrestling. Uh, the news... This week is all about uh, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, Death Before Dishonor, uh, and some news coming out of New Japan as well. Uh, also, highlights, lowlights, and the wait-and-see moments that you guys all love uh, from Dynamite and Rampage. Paulie, we don't have it on the um, rundown to, to talk about Death Before Dishonor, but it was a fantastic pay-per-view. What, what did you... Do you want to just quickly have a quick chat about what we liked about it before we jump into the news? What I liked about it was it was full of really good wrestling. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and and as simple as that sounds, um, that's that's as, exactly what I appreciate out of it. Like there was there was no silly bloody interference and crazy, you know, weapons or just wacky promos. It was just really good wrestling. Loved it. Yeah, I think that might be Ring of Honor's brand to use a very 2022, extremely overused fucking term. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, if we get um, if we get that quality of pay per view every week, I mean, I know there was a little bit of um, shade thrown on the next day because there was a lot of reporting about uh, Jonathan Gresham being very unhappy about doing the job for Claudio. Um, you know, I mentioned to uh, Sir Kayfabe when he sort of sent me a couple of these articles of like, isn't it amazing how these articles always come out the day after some AEW does something well? You know, there is a real, <laughs> it's a real spotlight shone on any negativity. You know, there was really, there was nothing that you could complain about from the pay-per-view angle. So the, no, all the news but- was about Jonathan Gresham having a tanty in the, the backstage area. To be fair, though, that was newsworthy. Like it, it is newsworthy, but I didn't see any of the guys who were reporting that. Like, you know, I, I would prefer to. See, it's the same thing with footy commentators and stuff as well. It's like let's talk about the positives of what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying no one can say anything negative ever, but it just. I know I come across like a conspiracy theorist sometimes on this podcast, but it just <laughs> it just feels very like oh, here we go. You know, this will be the news cycle for the next 24 hours that Tony's awful and he's just as bad as Vince and see Jonathan Gresham hates him and blah, 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 blah. Um, And then more news came out later in the week that he was like talking about his PWI ranking to argue his case about why he shouldn't do the job to Claudio. And Right. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, I realise the I've just done the the thing that I'm bitching about by even talking about it on the podcast. Um, I thought it was great. I thought all of the matches were fantastic. Um, FTR Briscoes was awesome. Um, the Garcia Yuda match was fantastic. Uh, Deeb versus Martinez was an awesome match. That hasn't been spoken about that much. Um, yeah, that one um, I, I was especially enjoyed. One reason for being that I was totally surprised at the outcome. I thought Dee was definitely mm. going to win that belt. Yeah, and she did not, and I I love being surprised. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> but yeah, just a really good, you know, like the the last Ring of Honor pay per view, um, just really solid and and fun, and 
Yeah, I loved it, man. Um, that sort of leads us into the the news a little bit because the buy rate for um, a death before dishonor was at thirty six thousand buys, which at first glance maybe doesn't sound that much, especially when you consider it uh, like in relation to AEW and WWE. Uh, but that was fifty five. It was up fifty five percent on the buy rate for Supercard of Honor. Um, so that's a that's a success in anybody's <laughs> estimations. Um, and I saw that uh, Uncle Dave was talking during the week that it was uh, it earned Discovery. So Discovery owns Bleacher Report, and this was in the states um, streamed exclusively on Bleacher Report. Supposedly wasn't on okay. flight. Um, and it earned Discovery just over half a million dollars. Um, so that is very promising for Ring of Honor to get a deal with Discovery, even if it's just an internet streaming deal. Um, so that's positive news for Ring of Honor as well. So that TV deal that a couple of weeks ago was very up in the air, um, looks like after the buy rate, the increase in buy rate and the and the financial gain for Discovery, it looks like a TV show is back on the agenda for for discovery probably through bleacher report to be honest um so that's cool i would definitely watch it yeah man so would i i I assume for us in oz and in britain it would just be the same it would be on fight yeah but i mean we can watch it through bleacher report as well so anyway whatever um uh, the other little stat that i noticed through this uh won report was that um, sixty? It was like sixty-one percent of people who bought the Ring of Honor pay per view um, bought the Forbidden Door pay per view. Which um, at first, again, first glance, people might be like, "Well, duh." But I, I actually thought that was lower than I would have expected. Yeah, I, I would be thinking much higher. I, th- I would have thought all of the people that bought the this Ring of Honor <laughs> yeah, pay per view right? would have also <laughs> bought. <them. laughs> Forbidden or pay per view. I would have said ninety nine percent. That would have been my guess <laughs> that there was like one percent of people who just die hard Ring of Honor fans and they don't watch anything else. But yeah, I mean, I would have thought the crossover between AEW and Ring of Honor would have been a hundred percent. But that is interesting. I thought that was a really interesting stat that hmm. you know, there's that forty percent of people who are like, yeah, nah, <laughs> I'm not into. New Japan and AEW. I'm a Ring of Honor guy. <laughs> it's um, it, it's interesting to me that uh, that kind of data is available to be able to analyze the uh, the interest between the different camps, uh, and because that's the the kind of stuff that I that I do in my in my day job every day is looking at the way that <clears throat> pardon me different um. Uh, d- different uh, data is analysed and and presented and visualised and stuff like that. And so, yeah, that, that's quite interesting. I'd I w- I'd love to know what what other ways we can slice and dice this and get some get some analytics out of you know where the different different camps sit and what who's doing what and when. Hmm. Yeah, WrestleNomics is a Twitter account that's quite good for that. Um, and 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 Dave and Brian, they they seem to get their hands on those stats as well. So. They're probably the two starting points, my man, if you're looking to break down that data. Um, yeah, I've already got alerts on, on WrestleNomics and uh, and tune into the tune you're into a, Dave you're and, a massive Dave and Brian, dude. Uh, Dave and, <laughs> Unky Dave and Shouty. Yeah, you and Kayfabe love those guys. You're always <laughs> hanging out with them. Um, I love Brian. I, I find everybody else on that channel a little annoying. But anyway, I find most people annoying, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who find me annoying, so it's all good. Um, 
hey, uh, there's hey, uh, uh, New Japan have copped a lot of criticism. In fact, there was a lot of sort of naive criticism leveled at Forbidden Door about the lack of female uh, representation on that card, although that could have been just as much AEW as <laughs> criticism leveled at AEW as it is New Japan. Um, they've gone some way to addressing that criticism this week by announcing in conjunction with Stardom, which is an all-female promotion in Japan, that they are creating the IWGP Women's Heavyweight Belt, uh, which will be competed for uh, in Stardom. Also, I assume, seeing it's in conjunction with New Japan, didn't actually say in the article that it will be fought for on New Japan events like um, G1 Climax, uh, you know, Wrestle Kingdom, I assume it'll be on that as well. It also will be um, fought for overseas. Now, when New Japan talks about overseas at the moment, it really is only AEW that they seem to be doing business with um, and uh, and Impact. Um, So, yeah, that forbidden door might be kicked open probably and... In, it's CMLL in, in Mexico. <clears throat> oh, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it looks like that forbidden door will be kicked open well and truly um, in yeah, the next well, little while. Look, and I'm uh, I'm a big fan of, of women's wrestling. Uh, great to see that they're finally including that on their card. Yeah. I mean, it just had to happen. And stardom is great. People, you know, I mean, stardom, it, any female – uh, Japanese female wrestler that you've heard of in the last five, ten years has most likely come through stardom. So, um, yeah. Um, I, I, Asuka. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mia Yamishta. Yep. <laughs> uh, others. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> when I say Everybody. I mean everybody. Um, yeah, cool. All right. Well, let's get into the week that was in AEW Wrestling. I think it's safe to say this was a return to form. It could have even been a um, no-look pass here from Tony Khan. It was like, oh, okay, you didn't enjoy last week. Well, fucking check this shit out. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, which is traditional, let's start with our wait and see. What was your wait and see moment? Uh, for for this week, my friend. Well, we finally, finally, it's been announced that we have a, uh, a a championship belt being offered to trios teams. So um, I don't know what the official title is, if it's officially called trios or if it's officially called six man tag, or whatever it is. Either I way, think it's, it's going to be heavyweight trios, like the AW heavyweight trios belt. Cool. That's that's the word on the street at the moment. But um, uh, look, to, to keep this nice and concise, uh, the opportunities for amazing wrestling matches are just mouthwatering. We've got so many. I mean, uh, we've, we've had in this week's broadcast the tease of uh, the, uh, the, the Bucks um, choosing Hangman or maybe it's going to be Kenny Omega, probably going to be Kenny Omega, I think. So those three in a team versus, um, God damn, uh, we've got Punk uh, and House FTR, of, House, of, House of Black. We've got yeah, Punk and FTR. We've got um, Death Triangle. Uh, just the, the 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 list goes on and on and on, and the, the matches just could be outstanding. And um, the when you when you consider. Um, 
how uh, some of the stables are, are kind of like dominating booking at the moment. Mm. Um, well, the I, this occurred to me that um, they're going to have to share the load, I suppose, is one way to put it, in that the there's going to be more focus put on put on the the more, the breadth of the roster this 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 overloaded roster that they've got because in uh, on on an event when they've when they're having the the um the the tag championship decided it's probably unlikely that the same two could mm. then back up and ha- add in one more team member and be part of the ter- trios yeah, you know it's pretty unlikely that they're going to do that, and on the same night. So it's going to have to be someone else, and this is great. It it means that we're going to get fo- focus put on to more of the roster, which is a very good thing because um, there are a lot of people out there not doing much. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, man. And it's kind of a little strange that we've waited this long for it to happen, considering how bulging the yeah how bulging the the um. The roster has been, but uh, you know, you know, guys, that I cannot wait to see the Sons of Hitman win those belts, the inaugural belts with Punk and FTR. Man, nothing, nothing sweeter. I have all the gold. And I saw Dax during the week say that he had called, I mean, this is all kayfabe, obviously, but on Twitter, he'd called Punk. And Punk said that uh, the first thing he wants to do when he gets back is win those trips belts, which I was like, Ooh. well, that's that's cool. But also, he's got a heavyweight championship match against Moxley he needs to worry about as well. So <laughs> <laughs> just uh, a little worried about Punk's priorities right now. Um, my wait and see, uh, Paulie, is Brian Danielson. Um, we like, <laughs> I mean, I love him. Uh, he lost to Daniel Garcia on Dynamite, man. What is happening? Why is Daniel Bryan losing to Daniel Garcia? Um, it's nice to see that Bryan came back and immediately went back to work to put in the young kids over. But um, I'm interested to see, especially with the concussion storyline that was in the match. I mean, it played a huge part in the match. Like, um, I was marking out. <laughs> Yeah, you were. You messaged me and was stressing out, but I, I absolutely was initially. And but then, as I started to come to terms with the fact, like, oh, that it's it's a work kind of. Is this softening us up for Brian retiring again? I mean, I don't want to fully mark out about this, but I I worry about. Hmm. I just worry about them using his concussion as a as a as a story piece. I understand they want to put realism in there, but it stresses you and me out, man. Well, yeah. Look, I was I was totally invested. It was a great match. Um, I I like I said before, um, I love being surprised. I was surprised at the end of it, and I thought, look, this is actually really really good storytelling. Bravo to you. This is great. Well done. We've had an outstanding wrestling match. There was a bit of you know interference it wasn't significant it was just a little bit it's um, not the worst thing we've seen exactly interference right. wise with AW in the last <laughs> month but yeah it was still yeah. there it was noticeable but it wasn't the worst thing yeah and in a way it kind of 
um, devalued the the win, the Dark Garcia's win a little bit. It was protecting Brian a bit. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and and look, um, uh, this is um, uh, I credit uh, Shouty Alvarez for this because uh, he he said, <laughs> look, you know, when when someone comes back for an injury, they always they always sell it because everyone knows that they you know they had a broken arm or they had a bloody knee issue or whatever it was. Everyone knows why they've been away for a while. And everyone mm. knows that Brian's been away for a while because of uh, concussion issues, even though no one said it officially, everyone knows. Yeah. So he was just selling the, the injury and it was just, it was unusual. Granted, you know, no one really ever does that before. And it looks really scary, but that's what was happening. Um, and so I, I don't like it. It's scary, yeah. Paul. <laughs> it was, it was, look, it got a great reaction from you and me and a great reaction from most everyone else. And in this case, uh, it was an, un, one of those really unusual times where the crowd being almost deathly quiet at the end mm. of the main event mm. was actually a good thing. It was weird. I know. Cause you want the crowd to be loud and into it. And they would have been shouting and cheering if Brent Danielson won. But look, they were invested. They were shocked. That's okay. It's good. It's a good reaction. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, look, I agree with all that. It was a great match. I'm just interested to see where, more than anything, I'm interested to see where Brian goes next as far as this storyline is concerned. Mm. Where, where we need to go next is to a break. Um, so we'll be back after this break with our highlights and lowlights, Mark and Spot of the Week. Hey dudes, DraftKings changed the fantasy game forever in 2012. Now, 10 years later, they're doing it again with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game. A new way to enjoy daily fantasy football. A new shot to win millions in prizes and the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFL PA. Playing Rainmakers football is simple. You can buy, sell, bid and win players uh, cards of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions. Build your collection of football stars and enter free Rainmaker contests all season long to compete for millions. That's millions in jaw-dropping prizes. Uh, each week, you can craft your lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and rack up points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, uh, like you would in daily fantasy football. The next generation of fantasy sports is almost here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now and sign up with promo code TPPN. Click the Rainmakers tile and opt in so you can be ready for the next drop. Play free for millions in prizes all football season and build the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers Football. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back. Uh, we are up to low lights of the week. Um, I'm happy to go first again here if you want, Paulie. Uh, go for it, mister. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, um, it's out of J. <laughs> it's out of J again. Uh, that's why I'm laughing so hard because it's essentially been three weeks in a row 
my best and worst has essentially been the same thing for the last month. Uh, John Moxley is my best. Adajay is my worst. Um, I, I, I look. I just want to preface this by saying, like, I don't hate this woman. I think she's a nice girl. Like, just seeing her in BTE and stuff like that, she seems very funny and nice. And so, this isn't me having a personal vendetta against someone. I just want to put that on the record. But her promo this week and the match with Ruby Soho, for mine, absolutely solidified what I've been saying for a month, which is that she is completely unready to be on main like main TV, let alone getting a push at the, to the top of the card. Like, um, I thought she stumbled her, her promo. Um, I mean, she makes Tay Conti look like the rock on the mic and uh, the, the match with Ruby Soho, it's all the same complaints, man. Like she looks slow. Whenever she goes for a, um, a clothesline, it just looks like the weakest thing. It's a weak source, dude. It's a weak source and I'm not into it. I do not like it. Do you think it's a good what move you, that she's What do you been- think? <laughs> do you think it's a that it's a, it's a good move that she's now part of J a jazz hands? Yeah, jazz hands, yeah. That's <laughs> not bad. Um, yeah, obviously because she's learning from you know Jericho and you know even Sammy Guevara to a lesser extent. But my my problem and look, you know, at the but end hang, of the six, hang on, hang on. Well, wasn't it five minutes ago that we were told by the dark horse? By she and the Dark Order, that we six aren't going anywhere. Well, there's that as well. And now she's no part of the Dark Order anymore. Well, I assume not. You can't be part of two stables at the same time, can you? <laughs> um, asked um, Trent and Chuck. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's in different promotions, but yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I. I I feel like you think I'm being a bit harsh, but I, I just, whenever I see Anna Jay on TV, the first thing I think is this is the Fedbot. Like, you know, this is going to be a Fedbot's dream. They're just going to like tear into her. And then I realize now nah, they're probably jerking off to her in their basement. But still, she's just, to me, she's just not up to the the mark. And if you were, if you were fucking Chris Statlander or, Ruby Soho doing jobs around it, Jay. I mean, I would be, I would be frustrated to say the least. I'm just a Look, fan, and I'm frustrated. You, 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 and I are buds, and we are we are friends largely because we 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 agree with a lot of we 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 agree on a lot of things together. Mm. Now, sometimes recording a a podcast every week where we just say, "Oh yeah, that was great." Yeah, that was also great. It's not really that good content, is it? So- <laughs> I don't know, man. Like we've got it on a network and people are downloading it. It's, yeah. Anyway, keep this going. Time, keep going. This time, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dis- respectfully disagree with you. Oh, I, mate. I look. I know that she's not at the level of. Um, Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander or Britt Baker or, you know, a number of other <laughs> great uh, members of that roster. But I think we have to applaud the team, Tony and whoever else is doing the creative and the, and the training for actually 
identifying potential and giving some new talent a push, giving them a chance, obviously training them while they're doing it. And I personally, I, I have seen improvement. There was, there, you know, there yeah. were, oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I, I, I thought this, the, the promo that she did this week, look, it wasn't brilliant, but it was much better than anything she's ever done before. Oh. The match that she had today, this, this, the, on Rampage, which was the main event against Ruby Soho and Ruby did the job for her. Um, look again, not the best match I've ever seen, but it's the best work that I've seen her do. And she's definitely improving, um, and and we've we've got to we've we've got to open up the doors to, to to new talent, not just rely on people who've done it before somewhere else. And I think this is really good to see that they're they're actually growing someone organically. And I have seen evidence that it's working. You haven't, okay? <laughs> no, I yeah. Uh- no, I definitely disagree with you on Anna Jay, man. <laughs> I agree with your sentiment, absolutely. Like, absolutely. And I would, I would, I would be going for Tay Conti over if, if I had to choose out of the two of them. I would be going for Tay Conti rather than Anna Jay. I can absolutely see why they, you know, like Anna Jay is very pretty, so I, I get that why they would be like, well, you know, if we can get her over, she'll be a megastar, but. Yeah. Anyway, what was your low light of the week? Okay. Um, well, I, I had to try really hard because from top to bottom, this was a very good week. Both, both broadcasts, both episodes of, of AEW television were really, really solid. There were just a couple of little things that I, that I thought um, that let the team down a bit. So um, not not one individual thing, but it just a couple. So there were a couple of things that were mentioned on commentary that I thought um, fell flat. And uh, one was um, Excalibur said during uh, before, and I think during the uh, Thunder Rosa Thunder Rosa Yamashita Yamishita. No, oh, I'm saying Yamishita. Yeah, Yamishita. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Yamishita match um, that she Yamishita was the number one ranked opponent. I'm thinking, how the fuck was that possible? She has wrestled one match on Dark. She's wrestled wrestled Thunder Rosa in Japan and beat her, but that mm. was an AEW match. So how the how the how is it possible that she's number one ranked? It's not, not possible. Not possible. So yeah, like I'm not I'm not even not even bothered to look into you know why that could possibly be happen happen because it's not possible. Anyway, the other thing was. That um, during the uh, the other the other uh, comment made on on by by the the, the desk was that um, uh, during the Dante Martin Sammy Guevara match, mm-hmm. um, you know, on paper that uh, seemed like a, a, a brilliant possibility, po- brilliant spectacle of high flying antics, and and uh, to the mo- for the most part it was. Mm-hmm. Jim Ross says about Dante, he's won. 29 out of his last 40 matches. And I thought, so? <laughs> it's hmm. really not a significant stat to tell tell the audience. Like 29 out of 40. So he's like, he's doing all right? <laughs> yeah, he's like fifth on the ladder. Yeah, uh, <sighs> it's um, Jim, 
having read Jim's book, uh, you know, he's a big uh, proponent of selling wrestling as a commentator as if he was commentating like the NFL or the NBA. And that's he did that really successfully in the WWE. But to be able to do that, you need research or you at least need to know who the wrestlers are. And Jim just doesn't. He just doesn't do that. So mm. that that comes, you know, that's another example of it coming across like, well, you just grabbed a random stat and it means nothing. <laughs> yeah, it means very little. And the last bit, um, again, these are all fairly insignificant things, but um, during that that Dante Martin and Sammy Guevara match, uh, Sammy was accompanied by Tay, his 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 uh, fiance, and Dante announced before the match that he would have Sky Blue mm. coming to the match. Okay. Right. Oh, interesting. I thought, but then when she came out there during the match, she did nothing. She gave Dante a little kiss on the cheek. Oh no, Dante uh, gave her a little kiss she, on the cheek. Sorry, she, she pulled away. <laughs> yeah, she did. Right. It kind of looked like she pulled away when she yeah. he was giving it her was a kiss a on weird the cheek. Spot. The whole thing was weird. It was weird and uncomfortable, and she looked like she really didn't want to be there. And I just, yeah, it it. it it was it was an uncomfortable uh, element to that whole presentation of that match. Anyway, yeah. I, re- I really had to pick pick to bring up to to come up with no, the low light. I, I think they're worth bringing up because I noticed both of those things as well. You know, um, cool. Well, let's move on to our highlights. Do you want to go first with your one? Jungle Boy, what a promo! That yeah. is just. Um, <laughs> my eyes lit up, and and, and uh, I think I might have shuffled the f- the chair a little bit closer to the TV. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, whoa, yeah. dude, you are here now. Yeah, I'm very, very impressed. Uh, yeah, I, I just I loved it from start to finish. In fact, there was one moment that I thought, oh, they fucked that up, but then I thought, um. Okay, what and that was, was he was he was about to say something really touching about like being in a this deep pit and digging digging a grave for his father, and then Christian interrupted, and I thought, oh come on, he's about to say this really touching moment, and I thought, well, okay, Christian is a fucking heel, so I yeah, suppose it works. No, no, that was <laughs> that was purposeful, but I was yeah, I had the same reaction where I was like, oh no, I wanted to hear this. Yeah, yeah, me too. Story, because at first I was like, "Hang on, you're in a pit." Did you say you're actually burying your dad? <laughs> yeah, I wanted. To, I want to know the story too. Yeah, it was a then, weird. Yeah, it was a weird beginning to a story. But then Christian, man, fuck Jesus, he just <laughs> he is so goddamn good as a heel, man. But yeah, th- this Jungle Boy, it felt like has Jungle Boy. I mean, some extra balls. Yeah, like I mean, the obvious, the the Herald Sun, uh, the Herald Sun, obvious headline would be Jungle Man exclamation, oh. but you know, like he's grown up in this promo, but um, he really there was actually did. Someone to in me. the crowd holding holding a sign that had Jungle Boy with the boy crossed out and Jungle Man. Oh God, there we go. Well, <laughs> uh, and then there was a, there was a nice little bit that I picked up at the end of this where um, just after Christian's promo and they cut back to the ring. I think he still had the um, the mic in his hand, but it wasn't live anymore. And he looked straight at the camera and he said he mouthed, "Well, he probably said it out loud, just we couldn't hear it." I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. <laughs> That was great. nice. It's great because it's personal. It's 100% personal. Yep. 
yeah. Christian is such a shit-eating heel. We still don't know 100% if Luchasaurus is going to turn again. You know what I mean? Like, this might be my favorite feud at the moment. Yeah. You know, it like, was, on it the was, card. It's really, fantastic. Really- Got me excited, and it was exactly what you should do. Uh, uh, you want you want the you want the crowd either cheering or booing, and yep, I was I was in. And because Christian has been such an arsehole the last month, it it storyline wise and character wise allows it, it. Jungle Boy has earned the right to cut a promo like that as a babyface this week. You know, it's not just doing it to try and be edgy or be attitude era or whatever. It's like he's beyond the point of reproach. Like he, yeah, yeah. he he wants to murder this dude because he's literally going after his dead dad, you know. But I loved all of that. I loved like them bringing up Christian's divorce because Christian would have told him to do that. <laughs> I love, you know, him like doing the same thing of like call me like Christian was doing to Jungle Boy's mum. I-, I loved all of this you know it's you know it's including family members and being cheeky it's not downright like sexism that we've seen in the past with dan lambert and american top team and stuff i i loved it man i think it's a great highlight of the week what Um, about yours dude hey guess what guys uh do you want to have a guess who's involved in my highlight of the week paul (laughs) was it um Dan Lambert? No, 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 hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was QT Marshall. Yes, it was when QT Marshall came out on ramp <laughs> and started doing a Sopranos character. Um, no, it was John Moxley versus Rush oh. uh, for the AW heavyweight. And don't call it interim because John Moxley will come around your house and beat the shit out of you. And I don't know about you, Paul, but that terrifies me. Uh, <laughs> This is four weeks in a row where John Moxley is featured in my highlight. Is John Moxley my new favorite wrestler, Paul? How many Mox T-shirts have you got? None. <gasps> none. You know, like the weird thing for Too me slow. with Mox is that I loved, in WWE, I loved Dean Ambrose. I really did. He was one of my favorites. And then when he came across AEW, I was super happy. But because there's so many other dudes on the roster that are like, you know, kind of my darlings, Mox has sort of slipped down the order of like, you know, my faves. But mm. he just every week is whoever is in the ring with him is getting a huge push. Um, and and Rush doesn't necessarily need that, as we saw on um, with you know his match with um, Phoenix. Uh, yeah, who was the guy that was wrestling on his brother Dragon Dragon Lee Lee? Um, but yeah, not too much to say about the match. I mean, just go and watch it. it, was, it for me, it was the the match of the week. But yeah, John Moxley versus Rush, just amazing. Mox is doing just superb work, carrying the carrying the um, the yeah, it, uh, it, it, company look, on his shoulders while Punk's away. I'm, I'm pretty much totally on board there. He, it was it was very very enjoyable. Um, it was evenly matched for the for for the majority of the of the the whole spectacle i didn't really mind the um the interference bit because it was actually ineffective so that's good uh, i did i did get a bit of a tight sphincter when they came out i was like oh no 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 yeah. no and Don't then yeah they just sort of ran through yeah <laughs> just sort of like hey remember the lucha brothers exist and then <laughs> and then the match kept going and i was like oh okay good um 
or right. I, I'm going to say something a bit controversial here and say, Ooh, hello. Um, I'm getting a bit tired of choke out finishes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't seem to be wrestling to me. No, it's the, it, well, cause you know what it does? It protects the person cause they haven't tapped out or whatever. It's mm. the, um, stone cold Bret Hart thing. Right. You know, like it was, it's an old storytelling trick of like, well, they didn't tap out. So, you know, they kept going until they literally couldn't breathe anymore. But I agree with you, man. Like, yeah, we, well, I, I, I understand that, that, that reason why you would do it, but it's just too often. Yeah, it is too much. often. It, it's weird. AEW has these little waves of like, you know, it finishes <laughs> where like everybody's doing chokeout finishes at the moment. The next thing it'll be submission and, but um, just give us a clean finish, man. You know what I mean? Like, make a decision. Um, anyway, let's jump on to predictions. Um, so you, both our predictions were for uh, Death Before Dishonor. You predicted that Claudio would beat Jonathan Gresham for the heavyweight championship, which you got a point, so well done to you. Um, and I predicted that the Briscoes would lose to FTR because they had just signed a, a big long deal with um, with Tony, which did not come to fruition. No, you predicted that they would win. Yeah, that's what I said. You just said lose. The Briscoes would. Why do I keep doing this? It's weird. It's like. <laughs> anyway, I didn't get a point. You got a point. I didn't get a point. FTR won, which means I get no point. So you're on three. I'm on two. Uh, so well done. Um, so our predictions are a little uh, interlaced this week. Do you want to go with yours first? Well, um, as of today's Rampage broadcast, Chris Jericho, uh, in a very entertaining promo segment, um, came out and uh, had a whinge about Claudio and Will Uda uh, getting some pops from the crowd. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, then um, uh, Will Uda said, uh, blah, 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 blah. I reckon I could beat you. And then eventually, after some back and forth, they agreed to a match. And the match is going to be next week on Dynamite, Jer- Jericho versus Will Uta. And Jericho has decided to make it uh, for his uh, opportunity at the at the at Mox's World Heavyweight Championship. It's a title shot match. Right. Um I am. I, I I cannot picture a situation where uh, this is is going to result in Wheeler Yuta winning. Um, mostly, I mean, for the match, yes, I can. But for the outcome, no, I can't. And because the outcome would be that Will Yuta is going to be wrestling John Moxley for his interim world championship belt. Oh, mm. I said interim. Uh, uh, uh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't live in Australia. Uh. I can hear, can you hear Wild Thing playing? I hear um, Wild Thing playing just really <laughs> quietly in the background in Brunswick. Are you hearing that? Down, 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 down. Nicole, I, don't answer the door. Don't answer the door. <laughs> 
I, I, I just it just doesn't make sense. Why why would you have? I mean, uh, they they have wrestled each other before, hmm. and that was before they were part of the same faction. Now, why would they wrestle each other when they're within the same? They're all within the same team. They all they're all in the Birmingham Croquet Society. Like <laughs> why <laughs> why would they wrestle each other? Well, I don't know, man, but I think Huda's going to win. So, what? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I just got a feeling. I just got a, a like, the, like the great philosophers, the Black Eyed Peas once said, I got a feeling. And, um, yeah, I think <laughs> I think that Huda will beat Jericho. I don't know why. I don't really have a good reason for it. I just think that maybe Tony wants to see Huda versus Mox again. Maybe we're going to try and break up the 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 you know the Brighton uh, combat scenario. <laughs> Good try. Uh, well, look. At least we know that next week one of us will have a point. Yeah, and it'll be you. Um, <laughs> All right, let's uh, quickly wrap up here. I just want to, before we get into the serious spot of the week, um, I want to do my sort of weird, almost childlike version of Paul's segment called Mark of the Week. (laughs) And um, I'm going to give Mark of the Week to the the young Orange Cassidy fan who offered Orange Cassidy some fries uh, and Orange Cassidy came over and ate some of his fries. So that was a nice little moment. I, look, honorary mention to the guy who looked almost exactly like me with the mullet, slightly chubby, wearing an Andy Warhol uh, pop art T-shirt with a CM Punk <laughs> on that T-shirt. If you can write to me and let me know where you can get one of those, dude, I will absolutely buy one. Singing on. his lungs out to uh, Jefferson Starship when right. Orange Cassie came out. Yeah, I was going to ask you, and you've answered the question already. That was the one I saw him. <laughs> like pointing at the camera like he was yeah. in the film clip for Jefferson Starship. Brilliant. Uh, but it's uh, Fry's Kid. So yes. Well done, okay. Fry's Kid, for being WrestleWolf's Mark of the Week. Okay. Um, spot of the Week time. Uh, I'm... For, for this one, now, usually if uh, you, you've listened to our podcast before you'd know that i i I try to choose the the move Mm -hmm. that is the most exciting or challenging or fast or um we've been we've been branching out a little bit the last couple of weeks so justin roberts got spot of the week last week for his barbed wire microphone (laughs) yeah he did and um and and i've I've realized that um it's become more and more difficult for me to be able to actually identify one thing to stand out above all the others because because mm. I watch so much wrestling, I suppose. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, oh, well, I've seen that before. Um, and so, you know, you, you it, it was it was so easy three or four weeks ago with uh, Blood and Guts when, when uh, Sammy was pushed off the cage. Okay, I was like, okay, there we go. Got it. That's an easy one for the week. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're not going to see that. You're not going to see that once a week, once a month, once even every five years. So yeah, I had yeah. to do that one. Mm. But this week, like there were, I mean, there was lots of great wrestling, but nothing in particular that really stood out as some sort of crazy move. So uh, I reckon if we were to put in the effort, this is uh, unlikely to ever happen, listeners. 
But if we were to <laughs> put in the effort and go back and 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 uh, and find the actual, you know, three or four seconds of footage for every spot of the week that I've for for each of the spots of the weeks um, that I've that I've identified and and like stitched them all together, we'd have you know a really interesting full on. Um, uh, like introductory segment that you kind of see, and you know, at, at, when you watch every every dynamite, you see all these crazy moves during, during the um, the intro credits. Um, and there was one there was one moment that I picked up. It wasn't a move during a match, but I reckon if you put that stitch that into that kind of a montage during the uh, during the introductory cre- introductory credits, it would work. And it was so simple, but very enjoyable. It probably was only about 0.2 of a second of, of airtime. And it was after um, Moxley and Roosh had a fantastic match, uh, the uh, the Jazz Hands crew came out and um, Jericho uh, Jericho was, was uh, bitching and moaning about something. And, um, bitching and moaning. <laughs> <laughs> and boning and bitching. And then um, Mox picked up a mic and just cut him off and said something. I don't even remember what it was he said, but it was, it was, it was um, obviously he said, a great. You're a fool, Chris Jericho. <laughs> it was obviously a great takedown <laughs> because um, Jericho had this really intense, uh, aggressive look on his face. And then his expression just completely dropped. It went mm-hmm. from angry to just like, almost despair or something it was it was just a beautiful in illustration of the way that someone as as experienced and skilled at his role as um as a pro wrestler even though he's doing this thing that he's not a pro wrestler whatever (laughs) is to do is to sell stories and that could be in so many different ways whether it be posting a tweet doing a great wrestling move um, you know, taking a bump or even just being expressive on your face. Yeah. And, and this was one, like another, another moment similar to this happened during this week's broadcast. I've mentioned it before about how disappointed that someone so incredibly talented physically like Dante Martin has no personality. But this week, finally, he, he's, someone's been teaching him, show your expressions on your face. People yeah. like it. And it was great. It was really entertaining. Anyway, so spot of the week, Jericho's face. Jericho's face. <laughs> Congratulations, Chris Jericho's face. Um, cool, man. Well, I know you've got a very important football game to head off to, so that's all the news that's fit to print. Thanks to the Pigskin Network and the Amaze Networks for hosting and supporting us. Uh, you can also thank you to you guys for listening. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that by rating and subscribing. That's the best way to help us out. Uh, But until next week, may your wrestling be good wrestling. And we We don't talk about that.